Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. And Achievable has an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial of our ACT course at achievable.me. And if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now let's get started. Today we have Ian Siegel on the line with us from Streamline Learning. And Ian, if you could just give an intro about yourself and your company, that would be great. Absolutely. Like um, Tyler said here, I'm Ian Siegel with Streamline Learning. I'm the CEO. I'm also the author of School Sucks, Your Child Doesn't, The Secret to Unlocking Your Child's <laughs> Untapped Potential. Um, I am, you know, very much about what I, what, I, what I call savant tutoring, which is not that tutors are savants, but that tutors who are experts who are able to kind of excavate the brilliant learner in students. And that's a little bit of uh, kind of background on me. I've been, I've run Streamline for the past, founded and, and run it for the past 10 years. Um, and uh, yeah, excited for the next chapter of learning here. Um, unfortunately, probably waiting in some of the deepest waters yet in terms of where students are as, as learners. Um, so yeah, excited to, to, to dive in and, and, and talk about this, Tyler. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to talk about it as well. And and today's topic is how brilliant people struggle as learners, right? And kind of related to what you're talking about introduction. Um, so why don't you take it from the top? Because I, I don't want to I don't want to step on this topic for you. Uh, well, you know, what, Tyler, I'm sure you have a lot to add on this front. Um, because you as you guys do GRE tutoring, you guys are I'm assuming working with students who are you know have high ambitions, who are looking at kind of like programs that are competitive, and they need a certain GRE score. Is that is that correct? Uh, we we do GRE prep, so we don't work directly with students the way that a tutor does. Uh, though we we do answer a lot of customer support ourselves because <laughs> it's you know we're a small company. Um, yeah. but I, I, <clears throat> I won't know as much as you, let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, yeah. well, I think sometimes what happens with, um, so, so my specialty is like, you know, high school, you know, SAT, ACT, those, those tests in particular, GRE, sure, GMAT, sure. But, but the, 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 the tests I have the most experience with working one-on-one -on -one with students are those tests. And what can happen for people mm -hmm. like me who, have like an early introduction, get a ton of um, practice or like, I guess, working for some kind of firm and usually a pretty wealthy area, um, you, you, you start to build skills and you start to kind of accelerate faster and faster the more that you tutor in terms of like your ability to make a, a change systematically for, for students. Um, and within that, what happens is that students with learning differences and, and students who are especially bright are the more challenge can be the more challenging students to work with. So what happens mm -hmm. is just kind of by default, the more experienced tutors start to work increasingly with those kinds of students, um, especially and, and their, and, and their rates start getting higher and higher and, and, and the expectations also get higher along with it. So, so for me, I feel like I've had a very unique window into how smart, smart kids. I always say that in quotes, how smart kids mm -hmm. learn. Um, and, and how, like, I guess for me, it's, it's just this idea that students who are bright are inherently having challenges at the same time that are impeding their full kind of use of their brilliance. Um, and, and so that's what I see them, see the most. And to the extent that like, it's like, 
I feel like it's hitting my head against a wall in terms of getting um, bright kids to change their behavior um, right. as opposed to kind of students who aren't, who don't consider themselves that way are much faster to adapt new ideas, new strategies and, and, and take advice, you know, and, and, and incorporate it right. from another person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, as I'm not a tutor as, like you have been, um, but I also... I, w- I went to like a boarding school and all that jazz. And before the boarding school, um, I was in public school and I thought I was the smartest kid on earth. And then I got to boarding school and I got my ass kicked. And then suddenly I realized I wasn't that smart. Right. But like, if, if you, if you just are stuck in sort of the first phase and you never actually go meet your peers, then I can totally see how that would be really challenging to get, the, these kids listen to anybody right that that and um so that's part of it is like the comparison and then the I, there's this atlantic article that i remember from way back uh called uh why writers are the worst procrastinators and it's talking about how like precocious people get praised for stuff that never, they never had to work hard at and then kind of are constantly blocked by the worry that if if i work harder or do stuff then that implies i'm not as smart as i thought i was so there's that kind of obvious like static mindset that plays into it for sure but for me like what like even bigger than that that's that's a confounding factor for sure um but but for but it's really just the idea of like kind of a, a new definition of, of learning disabilities. Um, when you, cause for me, like, more, like when I think of like what's impeding people from learning for this test or period, I'm thinking emotional issues, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really like anxiety and depression, you know, one, two. And I actually, I, the way I see ADHD is also as more of an emotional response almost in, in the sense that like, it's like, to me, it's like the, the modern version of flight, like escape. Right. Like it's like to, to your present reality. Let's get me out of this. Right. And there's something uncomfortable yeah. that's causing someone to go somewhere else. Um, and I'm just like when I'm watching these kids and I, and these are all my these bright kids, I'm like, which one doesn't struggle with this stuff and which mm-hmm. one's not like worried about themselves and kind of just honestly deeply insecure and and right. constantly using the world as a, as a way to kind of affirm themselves and and running like hell from anything that kind of puts that in, in question. So it's just like a question, like what it's mind boggling because it's what I call this is like a tutoring is like a form of social learning. It's like someone tells you, hey, this is what you should watch out for, or even if you ask the right question, it helps someone realize that, right? Like like it's a social thing. But mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, ADHD, these are antisocial behavior patterns and your reaction to those feelings, antisocial. So like, like what happens is these brilliant people are inherently lone wolves in the way they learn, right? They're not like learning. They're like, like they'll like sit through class and they're like, okay, I'm going to, I'll figure it out on, on my own with a book later. Like literally, like, and I did that more than anybody when I was a kid, right? And then right. I'm like, I'm like hitting my head against the wall being like, if you guys just like, like listen, listened and integrated, reconciled your perspective with mine, integrated the new idea and saw the world differently afterward, you know, learning, then like it would be so much faster to the extent that like these kids can take like five months to get 200, 250 points tacked on their SAT or ACT score or, you know, the equivalent thing on the GRE because it's just like, it's like, hello, come on, buddy. You know, again, full, full capacity. 
Um, but right. but just really struggling to like take in someone else's perspective because again, both things. But going back to the first thing, which is like, hey, this is a slight to my self esteem if I'm just not intuitively getting this. If like 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 as if learning is like causing the, you know exacerbating the emotional thing because learning involves you know getting things wrong and you know a potential sl- you know stressor that just goes into potentially overwhelming mode. But like, again, what I'm talking about when I talk about learning is stuff that doesn't come intuitively, right? Like, it's like, I think like you're pre-built for for enough and like, that's not going to be that much impeded by your, you know, like stress and like your response to it because it's like your brain's already there. It's kind of like the, mm-hmm. what I call it is like this subconscious blueprint that you inherit from your parents where you're just proving what you already know, basically, like kind of like waking up, knowing the right song to sing. But I'm saying when you get beyond that, that's when you're like, it's like it's like a cliff. You know, these these kids don't know how to deal with it. And and again, speaking from my own experience, you know, just like 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 my first like real learning experience was like was like later in life because I'm just like school. Come on, this is it's easy. Um, but I think that's that's some it's a it's a challenge. It's like people don't even know what learning is because it's confronting the unknown. Not just like just absorbing like what we already know as humans and then turning around worrying like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Right. Well, it's like that quote from Adventure Time that I love so much. That's like the first step to being good at something is to be kind of embarrassingly bad at it. Right. And I think that uh, I I agree with you and I've never really put such a pin on it like you have. But it's if you've got a brilliant kid, a lot of times they're so they're you know a big nerd like i i was when i was a kid and their self-esteem is kind of tied to their um intelligence and so they don't want to learn like it's interesting that it's like you don't want to learn something because you'll be bad at it at the beginning and it's like exactly hmm, that's interesting because like yeah there were a lot of things that i never learned that i probably could have learned whether it was you know, how to play a musical instrument or even how to code. I went to a coding camp and thought it was great and then never touched it again. <laughs> I think about that a lot. <laughs> right? Like, what if I had actually done that? Um, and so I think, I mean, I so I agree with you and I think this is all great. Um, okay, so yeah, I feel like we're on the same page about <laughs> who the savant learners are and kind of... <laughs> <laughs> like what the where they're what, what the issues are but then the the real question after that is like so how do you fix or improve or solve or i don't even know just how to get through to these kids right like maybe you're listening to this and this is ringing a bell for you as a student or maybe you're a parent and you're like yep that that's what's going on right like so what do you do now if you identify well yeah, you know, this is, I know this sounds kind of like me being like tongue in cheek, but I, I read a lot about um, kind of savant syndrome and students who have like serious intellectual disabilities, right? And and I think that... Intellectual the, disabilities, not social? Oh, ex- exactly. They, like, like, you know, like students, like people who are autistic, like pretty, very autistic, but have some special skill. You know, like you've probably seen them before, like they can play the piano, like, you know, Mozart or something like something like that, where or they can do that calendar counting thing where they're like, you know, like, what's the day of the week, you know, March 13th, 20, you know, 52 or whatever. And they're like Tuesday. Right. Like that kind of stuff. Right. Um, 
all documented real stuff that we have to try to integrate into our overall understanding of the brain. Um, but the, but the idea is for me is that like that's like that there are more you know I guess idiot savants out there. I know that's not as accepted term these days, but the idea being, hey, everyone has this side that's brilliant, and then there's this side where it's like, what is wrong with that person? You know, like it's basically right. like what the word idiot means, right? And I'm 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 thinking of like you know people with serious anxiety and social anxiety, like that's the kind of the kind of like disabled part of a lot of people is in terms of learners, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are super perceptive around social stuff that ends up being anxiety. That means that they only will do things that are like socially acceptable. Right. So like, because they're only, they're so kind of caught up insecure about like, are, am I doing the right thing? These are the same people who get straight A's at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but by doing that, learning for someone else, not themselves, never really gaining mastery at the level that you would need for like the SAT or ACT. You know, enough to get the grades because you learned it so that you appear to learn it for everyone else and then you you never integrate it. It's just kind of unit test, bye-bye, see you later. Mm-hmm. But like, but, that, but that's to me the nature of the problem. So the solution is the same solution for, for actual kids with savant syndrome, you know, which is unconditional acceptance, unconditional love. Because otherwise, these kids are like their their mental patterns are just like cranking on like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? And you you can't let the outside world in. Like you can't listen to other people. You're too worried about yourself. So number one, that, and number two, and just like the the kid with savant syndrome has that very special skill. Instead of being like, oh my god, like who cares about that skill? You need to be like, you know, like you need to learn these other skills so you can like survive in society, kid. You know, like. Instead of doing that, being like, oh, my God, this kid's not going to do okay. Like, make sure that they can at least work at Starbucks or something. Um, the, it's just like – it's instead saying, hey, that thing that makes you special, whatever it is, let's focus on that. Let's keep building your strengths first before going to your weakness because as soon because you need to trust something very special about yourself. Before you can even like start to think about actually learning, right? Like really building up that special quality and and knowing that's you, because without that, kids are going in very flimsy. So like you know, yeah. Well, they're going. I mean, they're they're going in like with like huge strengths and huge weaknesses, kind of at the same time. I think it's interesting that you say that going for targeting the strengths first is actually the right way to go. I mean. It sounds like the the core issue is getting them to stop being nervous about failure in the areas that they're weak. Would you say that's true? Exactly. And 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 or have enough to hang on to that they're like at least at least I'm good at this so that they when they venture into the unknown, they they don't feel completely flimsy and feel like, you know, I'm the nothing or whatever. Um I mean just again, kids with anxiety who know this know their stuff even um, but often, honestly, don't because I, I feel like people with anxiety to me is the number one learning disability you can have. And and if you spend your life in anxious thought patterns, I notice more, more notice this more than with students with anxiety more than anyone. It's not just you have test anxiety that prevents you from dominating the test. It's that you're missing entire frameworks, ways of thinking, like like concepts that you should have been building over time. Because of years of learning for someone else rather than yourself, like right. I, ADHD, depression, not as bad. 
um, but still significant in terms of like its impediment for kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, I guess to kind of tie it back to my question earlier, it's like, so if you're, if you're recognizing these symptoms or behaviors, either in yourself or in your, in your child, like what are some remediations that you can start to pursue? So, so, so like, I guess you're asking more specifically, what do I mean by like really unconditionally accepting and loving your kid? Like, let's say if it's a, you're a parent, right? Yeah. Um, I guess so, I'm asking, like asking if there's like tactical things or if it's, if it is literally <laughs> just like be nice to your kid. Right. No, no, no. I mean, like it, I mean, it is and in a lot of ways it is tactical because it's like parents don't realize how frequently they fall into judgment and expectation. It's, it's like, it's so constant. And, and when you do that, you're creating this gap between the kids, like, you know, real lived experience of their life and, and like expectations for you are making it worse. So like, like what I'm saying is switching from protective parenting to acceptance parenting, which means like whatever you fucking got kid, I'm going to accept that. Right. It, It means like, no, like, like, oh, do all the right things so you can make it in this world. Like it's fundamentally that. Um, in terms of strategies, I mean, like, you, like I think, like honestly, med- meditation is good. Just like kind of bringing yourself down a notch, just mm-hmm. in the moment, all the time, paying attention to how your body feels. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of woo woo stuff like that can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think meditation's even woo woo anymore. But yeah, I think I, <laughs> that was what I was gonna say too. Is like the next step is, you know, if you're the kid listening to this and you're like man i have anxiety and i feel like i'm really really smart but like you know this is all tracking for me like what can they do right because other than get their parents oh yeah in this episode and magically like change their mind (laughs) you know they might have parents that are super judged like a lot of these kids they do they have parents that are very judgmental and always yeah like particularly if they're immigrant parents they're very much like go 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 right like we have a lot of expectations for you and so how as if just it's corny stuff yourself it's yeah it's corny stuff man it's like it's i mean i'm a big put believer in affirmations like what you're like the idea is that you instead of looking for affirmations from someone else saying hey i'm so good you know like like needing that from a teacher like needing an a you are telling yourself you know i'm i'm okay right like i have a couple of mottos i say i know nothing i have nothing to lose those two all, all the time, just saying that, like, that really helps me, for me personally, it helps me not, like, take myself too seriously and make sure that I don't, like, judge myself based on what I know now and instead judge myself based on what how I engage with the unknown in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it, it just, like, it's, it's a sub, it's like a, you need to, tr- the key is not just conscious recognition of these ideas. The key is repetition you know, like hearing it again and again from a tutor is, I mean, honestly, it's just hard to do it for yourself because like, especially if you're a kid and your parents are telling you this and your teachers are telling you this, it's just like, it's really freaking tough to be like, oh yeah, by the way, all that stuff that they're telling me, like, you know, the expectations I'm not meeting, all that, that doesn't actually matter. I need to put all this stuff aside and be like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now I can learn. It's like, that's crazy to ask, ask like a teenager to do that. It you know, is. So like, yeah, it, it is. It is also what works, right? <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, depending on how the teenager's situation is, that might be their best path forward, even if it's not an easy one. 
right? Yeah. I, I think yeah. in particular, at, I mean, I I do believe in affirmations. I know they're kind of woo-woo stuff, but I think that at the end of the day, like your mental health is kind of your own garden that you tend and like do whatever you need to do, right? To kind of keep it, keep it happy. But I don't see, I, I, I personally like the idea of, you know, taking control of your own feelings about yourself, right? Which is kind of something that, like, I didn't really learn how to do until I was in my, like, mid-20s, right? So yeah. if you're listening to this and you can get on that earlier, then, like, good on you, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard. And whether that's affirmations, whether it's meditation, or whether that's just getting some, getting a supportive friend or, or set of friends that will tell you that, you know, Hey, like, yeah, like you did a pretty bad job of asking Susie to the dance, but like, we're proud of you for trying, right? Like that's, that makes all the difference. And it's, it's not that, that complicated. It's this, it's a simple idea is that humans are built to learn. That's our mm-hmm. ecological niche, right? So it's like, it's a question of brain health, honestly. Like, like if your brain health is good, then you're going to have like good intuition, for example, like it's, it's like, a, you know how, like, because and on a test, you need that, like, the, the right intuition, not the, the um, oh, like, kind of like the same thing of, like, like how people react to getting conned, right? They're, they're stressed. They're desperate. This has to be the right answer. This has to be the thing that saves me and brings me out of this, like, you know, pit of my life that I need to, like, you know, finally make money and do well again, right? Like, and that's, that's the same feeling. Picking a wrong answer on the SAT or ACT, getting conned by a con man. It, it, it's like, it's the same thing, you know, and I, 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 it, so the idea is if you're in a stressed state, you're going to be making bad decisions. So you like cannot trust your intuition, but if you're not, then like intuition should be pretty good, you know, definitely like, you know, double check. But that, I think that's the big thing is that like people aren't like considering how brain health, not just performance of the test on the test, but like learning over time focusing on your brain health so that you're actually learning at your, your pace, something that's just overlooked. Right. Well, and, and like you said too, just like being like trying to ground yourself in the moment. Cause I, I really identified with that idea that, you know, there's like, if you're a smart student, you can kind of take a class and like regurgitate it long enough to get a good grade. And then you never think about it again. Right. I mean, I did that with so many things like, and I, I feel like that also happens in like social conversations and things like that, where like, you know, you're kind of hanging on to the conversation long enough to make a comment or think about what you're going to say next, but like, you're not really like listening to the other person. Right. And so it's really, yeah. I think that that advice of trying to like, kind of be more, be a little bit more in the moment, like and ground yourself and try to just like pay attention more and see what you actually notice. Like there's a lot to pay attention to and (laughs) there's a lot of things you're probably not processing right now, like body language cues and conversation, or, you know, maybe in fact, like biology is kind of cool when you like give it a chance, right? Whatever it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But it's, it's very much, I I think it's just, it, it really is about kind of, taking your remembering that your your brain is not like a fixed thing that cannot change ever 
that your brain is a muscle like every other part of your body and you can like literally train focus, right? I'm not saying yeah. that I'm particularly good at it, but you can, right? Like you can also train willpower to an extent, whether that's for, you know, like working out or whatever you're using yeah. that willpower for. Like, so these are, particularly if you're in high school right now or middle school or whatever, like you can change these things. You have time. Right. Yep. Even and even if you're later on in your in your like 20s and 30s, like you still can change things like arguably you can do it forever. I, ju I do think that there might it might get harder as you get older um, and changing your brain is literally just you have to think differently. Right. Because it's like, how do you change yeah. your arm? You move your arm. Right. Like, well, how do you change your brain? Well, you have to use your brain in this in the way yeah. that you want it to be used in the way that you want to enact the change. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think and I think for a lot of these people, you know, if you stick with them enough um, and this is what I, I see time and again, every one of my students, I'm like, I break through, I get through to them. And then it's just the pace of learning is exponential after that, because like once right. like someone is to, is present, like you're saying, because they trust you and they're no longer get what I call getting stressed, which pushes people off the president and starts and they start ruminating and not paying attention. You know, kind of the idea where you're really angry at someone and you can't even think about anything else. And then someone's literally talking to you. You don't even hear anything like mm -hmm. that's a, that's a real experience. And that's what's going on, I think, for so many kids. I think like a good foil to that is like one of my smartest friends. I'm like asking him about like, you know, like, what is your brain like? Like, how does it is like, yeah, nothing stresses me out. You know, like I'm always just like paying attention it's not like I have all these ideas all the time, but I'm, he's just, he has all the frameworks picking them up, you know, and now he's a partner at Bain, you know, and just like keeps going. Next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And, and, and people like that, you know, I think the big difference is really like their, their, their emotional response to external stimuli. Is that chill? If that's chill, we're good. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. are you, it's kind of like, is, is life a feast where you're just kind of like in a like state where you're eating all the time? You know, like that kind of parasympathetic driven state, that's the same state you want to be learning. Or are you kind of getting ratcheted up? And and it's crazy how like just basic things about school, for example, create these like stressful situations. Like when you have to wake up, like with, like like everything about the day just doesn't like really like necessarily line up with brain health, which is just crazy to me because I'm like learning is a medical question, you know, more and less and less. I'm like thinking like school. Very little to do with learning. In fact, makes bad learners, makes people bad at learning because they get used to not learning things all the way and then kind of feeling like imposters. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, and that's what I try to fix as kids go to college, you know, like through tutoring. And you can, you can make them a huge dent in that. Um, you really can. And just like even in like 24 hours with a kid, it's just wild. Yeah, no, and I think I think that's so important. I think it's really great that you're doing this, and and I think this is this episode's had a lot of helpful insights. Um, and I guess I just wanted to ask if you had any sort of concluding thoughts here on, on this topic. You know, not really. Just that I think that people should recognize. I, my biggest message for, for people who are smart is that I know it's hard to hear, but your potential is far far exceeds your performance very likely based on my observations over the past two decade 
Right. And even if your performance has been really good up until this point. Even if it's really good. Oh yeah, like like yeah. I'm saying the potential is insane for some of these people and they they they're not even coming close to it cuz they they're comfortably looking at everyone else and being like, "Yeah, well, I'm still better than most other people." You know, not realizing what they could really do. So I think I just want to leave everyone with an invitation to kind of consider what they could be if they really kind of examine their own brain health and like just see what happens afterward. Because me doing that personally has allowed me to like become fluent in like a language in like, you know, 18 months or something like that. You know, it's just like it's like versus like, you know, in school forever, like banging my head against the wall. So having the right modality and then the right mindset, let everything else go and, and, you know, acing the SAT or ACT, that's a side effect. Right. Exactly. Great. Well, this has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Ian Siegel from Streamline Learning. Achievable has a great ACT course, and you can get a free trial of it at achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.